You are listening to Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. For more information, check out chrisblair.com. Hey, everybody. In this episode, I'm going to get to sit down with good buddy of mine, Phil Barton. Phil has been playing the listening room since about, I would say, 2007, 2008, something like that. And um, he's just a great guy. We've been dear, dear friends uh, since then, since I met him. And um, he's got so much success. He hails to the U.S. from Australia. He used to be in a children's band in Australia called the Glower Pot Gang that has sold over 400,000 units. He's got like, I don't know, 85 to 90 kids records that he's done, including some monster hits for things like Bob the Builder, Thomas the Train, uh, great, great children's books like that and, and shows. Uh, he's got a lot of success in Canada as well as the U.S. Uh, he's also a regular at the listening room. I think now he's played well over 300 shows in the last five years alone. Um, it's a great episode. We are going to talk about how he got to Nashville. Um, we're going to talk more about the stories behind the songs uh, of those children's songs like Thomas the Train, Bob the Builder. Um, we're going to talk about his international success as a songwriter and the story behind his first number one song that he wrote for Lee Bryce called A Woman Like You, along with some other great things and other number one hits that he's had since then. So tune in. This is a great episode. Here we go. Phil Barton. Hey, guys, this is Chris Blair, and we are back with another episode of Chris Blair's Stories Behind the Songs, and I am so happy to have our guest with us today, Phil Barton. What's up? Morning! Woo! Man, <laughs> it's a long time coming. I'm glad we finally got this going. Dude, it's good to be here. Yeah, it's man. good to see you. It's, I mean, I feel like the world moves so fast and we don't get to say hey. Like, I see you uh, in yeah. passing and we just don't get to talk. So I know, it's man. It's usually you. like shows and we're like, you know, I'm like, hey, have yeah. a great show or that was and a great show. And it's in and out. Like, yeah. There's people everywhere. Yes. And yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, give a hug and yeah. Goodbye. But now I've got you <laughs> locked in yeah. on the couch yeah. for the next 30 minutes to an hour or whatever. Woo! So, woo! Yeah. <laughs> well, this is stories behind the songs, obviously. So what I want to do is kind of go back, you know, and like, yeah, we've known each other. Gosh, it's got to be 10 years now. Something like that. Close to it. I bet it's even more. When did you? Yeah, actually, actually, yes, because we did, we did something similar to this about five years ago and I knew you for a long time then. So yeah, it's yeah. got to be close to 15 now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've been in this new location for six plus years. So you have, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, gosh, when were we up at Coming Station? That was five years ago. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Um, yeah, it, it's nuts. But I mean, anyway, long time we've known yeah, each other. A long, long time. And uh, you know, you uh, you've got a very a very cool story that. Um, you know, I, I, I just want to I want to go back to kind of the beginning because, yeah. you know, I just think that, you know, the way that you grew up in Australia, looking at Billboard every week and just, you know, yeah. just music's always been in your soul. Yeah. Um, you went to you went to school in Australia for for vocals, if I remember correctly, and yeah. then switched to, to songwriting. Yeah, I went uh, I studied at a place called Southern Cross University. There was only one contemporary music course and i 
yeah, basically went and studied vocals, uh, realized, you know, I wasn't the greatest singer. Like, I wasn't on the level that, you know, that a lot of the great singers are. So somewhere along the way, I just wanted to write songs for those great singers. So that's basically how that started. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you, I mean, it, it worked out. You, you kind of, what's really unique that you don't hear a lot of people talk about, like, that you did is you kind of got your start writing a lot of children's songs yeah and um yeah talk about talk about that because you had some huge success before you even came to the united states <laughs> yeah it's crazy um i guess like you know at university you're like how am i gonna make money doing this music thing and um just as a independent study i did a little uh project of children's songs and that kind of got that was fun. You know, I, I just did it as fun and see where it went. And, uh, we got record company interest straight away from a label polygram records at the time that was still open. And, um, and all of a sudden it was like, let's take this seriously. And, um, ended up chasing after the biggest label in kids music in Australia, which was ABC and, um, landed a record deal and, away we were um i was in a band called the flowerpot gang yeah flowerpot gang yeah kids band and we toured we, all over the world we really, basically right? toured yeah. yeah we toured and toured and toured and we were lucky enough to get on some big bills with like obviously the wiggles were huge kids act and we did we toured like you know bridgestone size arenas with thomas the tank engine and all this sort of fun stuff yeah. and um had had I wrote some songs that were in the Bob the Builder live show and all these things and and it was just fun uh, and we did albums and I, then after the band fell apart I still kept doing records for different projects for kids songs so I'd do a record about monsters and then I'd do dinosaur songs and wizard songs and whatever traveling songs like I just I did. Just kept doing kids' records, and I loved it. And but Didn't it taught you put me a lot. Like, like something like ninety records out, or like close yeah, to it. Yeah, it was like yeah. eighty-seven records, yeah. I think. Yeah, and that's like you know, there's a bunch of projects I did that were actual, uh, you know, Christina New, that's a massive Aboriginal artist in Australia. I did a record with her, and uh, some lullaby records with some celebrities down in Australia. And, uh, it was just fun. Like I, I just was loving writing these songs and and that was more the addiction to writing songs, you know? Yeah. And that really, you know, sent me on my journey to where's the best place to write songs. And that's Nashville, you know? So yeah. I ended up here. So yeah, we met um, when Listening Room was back in Cummins Station. Yeah. And you were, uh, you know, you still play all the time. Yeah. Um, but, man, back then, like, I mean, you were you were playing at least once a week. Um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went back and looked. And when we, when we did uh, a similar podcast to this, like, five years ago, we celebrated your 300th show at yeah. the Listening Room five years ago so i don't yeah. even know where we are now but i feel like we're right there at the 400 so it's got to be yeah. i mean it's yeah. right there and maybe it's past but i'm kind of like yeah we need to put on a 400 soon yeah i think yeah. which is amazing yeah i mean it's kind of like 
you know, over over a ten year, twelve year period, just the great place where you know I get to spend these awesome nights just with the crowds at the listening room. You know, it's pretty special, actually. Yeah, I love it. Thank you, man. Um, yeah, you you've uh, you've been a workhorse since since the day I met you, man. And like, um, you know, even uh, you know as as you were in town, you know, I think you would write on average and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, you know, I think I remember on average, like when you first moved here, you were writing at least a song a day, pretty much, if not two or three. And, and I mean, and then you'd go to shows and all while the only transportation you had was a moped at the time. Like, That's you know, true. Like even a little in the scooter, winter, little scooter. The, the scooter I was inspired, I <laughs> inspired in Key West, I think to get a scooter, but yeah, it was weird, like, moving here, it was, uh, you know, like, we drive on the opposite side of the road, so it just wasn't second nature to be in a car, so I ended up getting a scooter, and, um, <laughs> yeah, um, on the riding side, you know, there's, there's different approaches for different riders, I think, and for me, what works is just riding and riding and, you know, uh, you're trying to get those great songs and for me it's uh it's all about writing a lot of songs and I'll get great songs in the mix you know like yeah. there's some people that just write great songs every day and that's amazing um but for me I got to work hard to get the great songs yeah you know what i'm saying yeah like it doesn't i got to and, and honestly like it's kind of like, you know, I wasn't dating anyone and I, I just could roll to another right and, and we were having fun writing songs at night, like just with different people and, you know, Low Cash and Jaron Boyer and all these people that, you know, I was writing with at nighttime and it, and, and it was just fun, you know? So, uh, you know, that's why, that's why I was writing so much. It wasn't, it didn't felt, feel like work. It was like more just we were hanging out and yeah. and songs came and 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 I would I would miss having that song in my life if I didn't have it. So that's why you know we were just working hard, but it was it was more fun and the hang was the important part. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a huge part of what has made you so successful. Obviously, you know your talent. You're a, an incredible songwriter, and you're obviously doing what you need to be doing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, you, you just, you, you busted your tail, you know, and, and, and wrote, you know, like, you know, we, we as writers talk about all the time, you know, you got to write a hundred songs to get one good one. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's now, you know, now looking back, you've got cuts by Priscilla Block, who actually used to work with us yeah. here at the listening room. Uh, I remember her all the time. She was here and what a, what a ball of delight. She's such a great person. And, you know, when she got a record deal, like we ended up writing with, um, Liz Rose, my publisher and, uh, ended up getting a song on the record and it's so great to see her doing so well. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Priscilla, uh, you know, obviously Lee Bryce that we're going to talk about in a little bit, Eli Young, Sarah Evans, Low Cash, Dustin Lynch, um, I, you know, I know I'm forgetting some, um, but I mean, just, you know, lots of tons of, tons of great people yeah, and it's Canadian. Cra- it's got, crazy like, to think about, like, like when you actually think about it, like all these 
people that have recorded your songs. And yeah, I've been lucky enough with the international. Um, 10, 11 top 10s now? Yeah, I think yeah. 15, 15 Canadian okay. top 10s. And, and Australia's been awesome. Obviously, yep. it's my home country. Um, yeah, I mean, last year I think I had six, seven number ones in Australia. And that's, I mean, any, any cut's amazing. I, I feel like it's an honor, you know, like to be a part of someone's dream and 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 their their journey, you know, it's like pretty special. So Yeah. So let's go back to, you know, that, uh, that time where like, um, you decided like, and you know, obviously the, the kids songs and all that was a part of the journey, Yeah. but I, I know that, um, you know, a, a band that, that I grew up loving as well, that was a big part of your, uh, your move and all that in excess. In excess. Yeah. I mean, I just remember being, you know, it. 13 years old and just rocking to in excess yeah. in, in my bedroom, like on the ghetto blaster. And, um, you know, I, I feel like it's really special what a band like that does. Like the kick album just grabbed me and, and made me want to play electric guitar and made me want to rock and made me want to, it made me want to write songs and get on a plane and move to America and, and 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 work hard to try and get number one song in America. That's what I mean. That's what a record like that does. And we've all got different records that do that for us. But just a group of Australian guys that just took on the world and and won. It's just really special. And now you know, I w- I would call Andrew Farris, who was who wrote all those songs with Michael Hutchinson. His you know, he phoned me one day and now we're friends and me and Bruce Wallace wrote a song with him that mm. was one of his singles and, and you know, I've got to play a bunch of shows with him. I've got to bring him here one day yeah, actually because he's, yeah. he's a great guy and he comes to Nashville a little bit and uh, I think he'd love playing here one night. So, and it's pretty amazing like when he, when he does like, Never Tear Us Apart or mm. Need You Tonight songs. I mean, Need You Tonight was the first single and it was on a record that I ever brought and to be on the stage with him. And, and Wasn't just, that their first number one too? I that think? was the yeah. first number one and that was the one that, you know, I think just, you know, just... Such a smash, man. It just yeah. changed my life. And, and how do you say that to a guy like, thank you for inspiring me right. to do what I do and... Honestly, I get to live my dream life right now and write songs and, you know, I've had publishing deals in Nashville for like 12, 13 years now and, you know, it's all because these things all made me do what I do and, you know, how do you say thank you to people like that? It's like really special. This episode is brought to you by Brit Skin Beauty. Located in the beautiful Indulgence Medi Spa in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, Brittany is the go-to esthetician for facials, dermaplaning, microdermabrasion, waxing, lashes, and any skincare products and consultations. So many people in the music industry use her frequently, and her work speaks for itself. To schedule your next consultation or make an appointment, visit BritSkinBeauty.com or send an email to BritSkinBeauty at gmail.com. So, I mean, yeah, it, it, you, 
growing up in Australia, get to see that happen. It just, you know, feeds this fire within you. Yeah. So college, the kids songs, the tour, all that lands you in Nashville. Talked about you worked your tail off. Yeah. And all that. So I kind of wanted to, to kind of just go over all of that stuff just so all the listeners kind of knew the story getting you to town. Right. Yeah. Um, and then um, you uh, I, I, I've heard this this story a hundred times, but pretend that you haven't told me be, 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 pretend like we just met because I, I don't want yeah. you to leave out any details I love how how this song happened but um you got together with uh another couple good friends of mine yeah and you uh uh I, I'm I'm going back in the um I'm going back in the vault here a little bit so if I if I get some of these details wrong uh correct me but I think I think it was Johnny Bulford yeah that scheduled a write with you yeah, and he double booked and also scheduled a write with John Stone. Totally, that's and whatever. then you end up together. Is that right? And the three of us end up okay. together. So take me, take me from that, and we are getting into the story behind the song of a woman like you. And and it's crazy because you know, like being an international, like we've got to get these visas to be able to be in America, and. And my visa was running out after three years of being here. And I seriously, uh, it was at a point where if I didn't get it early, I was going to have to leave the country. But um, this is, you know, just something else about it. Um, And it somehow came early. So all my rights the next week and the months after I was going to have to cancel and go back to Australia because, you know, I wasn't going to be legal and you just can't risk something like that yeah. because it, it puts a black mark and, and all of a sudden you're not allowed in America. So anyway, luckily my visa came early. <laughs> I had this riot with Johnny Bulford on, on the Monday or Tuesday and, you know, I got there and, um, and, and Johnny wasn't anywhere to be seen. And uh, I saw John Stone and we'd written once before and said, hey, and we f- find out that uh, we were both supposed to be writing with Johnny. And um, <laughs> and so that's cool. And we're waiting around and, you know, we can't get a hold of him and time's passing. And me and John end up in a room just uh, strumming our guitars and, and basically, uh, you know, we can't get Johnny at all. So um, we start kind of on the song. Um, and and John's playing that cool riff and and we're singing melodies over each other and, you know, like very stubbornly John loves his and I love mine. And, and finally, finally we agree upon a melody and, you know, we're... Uh, and, and time's going by and we still haven't heard from Johnny. And uh, I think it was like, you know, like seriously an hour and a half, like or something like that when he texted us and said, hey, are you guys there? Like, uh, sorry, I, I slept in. And so anyway, we were like, yeah, get your butt here. And, and, and he did. And it was all perfect timing because I think we probably wouldn't have, happened upon yeah. this melody if if Johnny had been there at the start but 
he got there and I, you know the great thing about a great song is I think it's like when everyone's strength comes together mm-hmm. on a song yeah and I feel like Johnny got there at the right time we all hammered that lyric um on on the vibe and we weren't writing to a title it was just like we were just writing the situation I think and um and we hammered it and hammered it and all of our strengths were in that song and and that's what made this beautiful magic moment and we just worked all day on it and you know to the point where I think John's girlfriend he was supposed to go and pick up and uh he was like look i'm right i'm making a million dollars here and um (laughs) anyway uh we wrote and wrote and uh had dinner that night i mean it's it's kind of weird like we knew we'd done something pretty cool and um yeah i mean wouldn't change it for the world It, it definitely changed my life that writing that song and um yeah i remember um you know this was back in my crazy days of going out and partying um long before uh kids and marriage but yeah um i remember we used to all hang out uh at this place called losers in midtown um, yeah which is still a, a great place for uh for for locals and now a lot of people but yeah um i remember being there and i think at this point because i, I want you to tell the story of how quickly it happened because it doesn't happen that quick but yeah um but with this song uh, I think it was the day or two after that you had it, but it, th- this was like uh, probably probably a Thursday or Friday that I remember being at at Losers with hanging out with John, and uh, and he was like, "Dude, you got to come out and and listen to this." Uh, and he took me outside into into his uh, into the parking lot in his old uh, Jeep that you know we sat and he turned up you know he played this this demo. Um, that wasn't Lee. I don't even remember, uh, you know, if it was you or him. I don't remember. I think it was probably him. But, you know, this demo, he's like, dude, you got to hear this song. And yeah. um, he's like, this is this is something. And, I mean, it was like, I mean, it seemed like the next day. I don't know what the time frame actually was. But, like, I mean, it just, that song took off so quick. Yeah, because I don't know for sure this story. But, like, but John you know, went and was grit. He went past Lee's house or something and they were having a big grill out. And, and basically he was, he wasn't trying to sell, you know, sell Lee on the song because no one, you know, Lee, we didn't even know Lee was about to record a new record, but, um, but I guess Lee like really loved the song enough to put it, you know, they stopped pretty much grilling out and did a little Pro Tools recording and all I know is in my inbox the next morning there was a little version of Lee singing it um and and John had a session pretty much that day where you know they 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 didn't do all the songs they just concentrated on recording that song and basically Lee went in and sang it and it, and that's pretty much what he took to the record company, and that's pretty much what ended up being the record. I think they went and overdubbed some more shakers, and yeah, that's right. A I few remember things uh, like I remember that story. Um, that you know, that's that's also a piece of this the the story I kind of forgot about. Yeah, but like 
you know, most of the time, like for everybody listening, most of the time, like, you know, you, you write a song, you're pitching the song, you know, it's going to go out to several people. It goes yeah. on hold. You know, you don't know if you're going to get it or not. Oftentimes you're let down because it doesn't happen. And then, you know, when it gets to that point where it's like, okay, I think we're going to put this on the record. It's also a lot of work in the studio and Lee went in and I, uh, I think, wasn't it like he didn't, he didn't even know that he was, well, I mean, he probably knew he was recording, but he was just warming up and he just sang the song. Oh yeah. And, uh, and then, and then he was like, okay, you guys ready to take a take? Yeah. And John Stone, who, uh, who ended up producing that whole album. Yeah. And that's the other thing that John wasn't involved in, in who was going to produce Lee's next record. And, and the very cool thing happened that, you know, they, they did that song in the studio and, and John ends up record, like producing the next three or four records with Carl Jacobs and Ben Glover and all these guys. Yeah. Which is amazing because John's a very talented guy. Yeah, and, um, and yeah, John said that basically that was his first take. It was at, like a warm up, song. one take, and you're done. Like five, at, six minutes in the yeah, studio. Yeah, and I think and you're they done. overdubbed a few lines, but apparently it was like seven minutes or something yeah. that Lee took to do the vocal on Woman Like You, which is crazy. I think, you know, that's also, that that's a magical piece of this whole story is that, um, you know, it's it's a great song, but there's often great songs that based on the the artist that may record it, it may not do it justice because, you know, you, you got to have that passion and emotion behind the song, right? And yeah. I, and I think that's one of the great things about Lee is that, like, when he is just such a creative artist and when he hears something that he knows he wants it's his he makes it his own song and he's just yeah incredibly he, talented. he lived and breathed like that song as if it was his creation yeah. so i mean so thankful that he loved it and and put his life into it you know what i mean like and he's just such an amazing singer and talent and you know, I remember before he was even famous when he was making that first record and, you know, I, we had mutual friends and he'd be playing guitar on the couch, like, and I was just like, wow, this guy's just next level yeah. superstar, like, and, you know, it's so crazy that it ended up being my first Nashville cut and just to watch the journey of it and to be Lee's first number one, my first number one, you know, John Johnny's and Johnny's. And yeah. yeah, it was such a special moment for us all, I think, and just such a bonding, cool, cool experience. Yeah, I yeah. remember. Uh, I remember being there at the number one party. Yeah, just standing there watching you guys get your awards and like, you know, it's those those number one parties are always very intimate. You know, for industry uh, people, I love it. You know, because it's just you know, there's like, you know. 40, 50 people, maybe max in the room. And it's just, um, you know, just, uh, you know, being able to witness that with the, the first number one for all of you. Um, yeah, you know, it was just, man, it was such a And it was so crowded in that room and it it was was. so cool. And, you know, just all these beautiful, amazing people were there that, you know, that were part of your life. And I feel like the whole town w- wanted this song to go number one and pushed it to number one. It just was r- 
really beautiful energy about the song and just special that it happened the way it did, you know? Yeah. Like, there wasn't a big, big production. It was just like, you know, all these beautiful things came together and Lee, God bless him, just like took the song and made it so special and Curb Records and everything and just came together and it was just a beautiful moment for us all. Yeah. Yeah. And really proud of that song. It's still like, you know, you play it at shows and it's almost an out-of-body experience how how cool, like, the song is, you know. Yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't planning on talking about that, but since you brought it up, it's kind of funny. Let's let's talk about that a little bit too, because you've been playing this song, you know, obviously uh, since before it became yeah. a number one, and uh, you know, you kind of I don't know I don't know if you planned this or just kind of morphed into, but like you created like your own version of the song with fried chicken. Yeah, but I I feel like. Um, you know, I, I would watch like videos of Lee playing it when he was first starting to play it. And I, I just, you know, watched moments of the crowd and anyway, just playing it over and over. I've just like morphed it into a, it's almost like a rock opera, yeah. the way it flows, you know, um, it's become a part of like a show scenario, um, just the way the crowd interacts with the lyric and it's very cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, if anybody's seen you play it, um, and I know like when you play here, yeah. uh, at the listening room, like you get to that point and I've been in the room, like my entire staff, yeah. when you get to that point, will all scream fried chicken. Yeah. You know, and I do all do the shush. Sh- and, yeah. 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 Um, it's really cool, <laughs> man. I love, I, I think I think it may have been uh, I think it may have been the last show that we ever played at Second Avenue. Yeah, our location before this one, um, maybe not, but it was it was close to then. Where you remember uh, I was uh, I was I went into the kitchen and we yeah. served we served fried chicken at that point. Yeah, and I waited on the side of the stage until that point of the song where you start going shh shh. And and then I like snuck behind you and it yeah. got to the point of fried chicken and I like reached around and gave you that plate of fried chicken. I remember and, it well. And, and it you, was I so think, good. Like you took a bite and then handed it down and like <laughs> everybody in the round took a bite of that fried chicken and then you just started strumming your guitar. Right yeah, back and then song. we had a plate of chicken <laughs> yeah, up on the yeah. stage. I remember it. It was so great. <laughs> um, yeah, what a funny moment. Oh, it was man, so I cool. Love it. This episode is brought to you by Sennheiser Microphones. When we first started this podcast, we were using some older microphones and Sennheiser came in and sponsored us and gave us some MK4s and 914s. And I mean, I'm telling you, it's made all of the difference in the world. We love these microphones. We use them at the listening room as well. And I just can't say enough great things about them. Go check out Sennheiser.com. If you are into music in any way, their microphones are hands down the best on the planet. Go check them out, Sennheiser.com. And thank you, Sennheiser, for the support and the sponsorship. We love y'all. Well, so that becomes your first number one. And also, uh, you know, obviously a, uh, a, a huge, huge song. Yeah. So then um, walk walk everybody through kind of the steps of of 
what happened after that? And all of a sudden, you know, you start getting more and more cuts and, um, you yeah, know. all of a sudden you're just in great rooms with all these people, everyone's interested in what you do. And, you know, me and Johnny were lucky enough to win breakthrough writer of the yeah. year for music row and, uh, just puts you on the map, you know, you feel a part of the community, um, which is a great community, Nashville, songwriting yeah. community. Um, just special, just like, just getting in rooms, you're meeting people, like all these people you wouldn't have met, and and all of a sudden you're just writing at the top level every day. And, you know, it's, I still like was writing with people like your Eric Pasleys and yeah. everyone that were, were on the rise, you know, and we'd, you know, I was lucky enough, me and Eric met at some write-arounds and, you know, we wrote a song that David Nail cut and it was, you know, that was cool. Like, all of a sudden, you know, I've made friends with a guy, Jaron Boyer. We have a song that Dustin Lynch cut and, like, all of a sudden you just get momentum and songs are everywhere and, you know, it's it's they're cool to look back on and just see the little chapters of these songs and what they do. Yeah. You know? It's 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 a very cool life writing songs in this town. It is. I, I mean, super special and and the friendships you get along the way. You know, like I met I met Johnny Bulford at the Commodore Grill, and you know, like he was playing the show after me, and I just thought his voice was incredible, and we end up writing and we end up writing a song that changes both our lives. So I mean, that's crazy to think about you know yeah yeah and now cool. you know now you can go do a show and uh you know literally every song that you play in a round yeah if it, you know if if that's the set list right like you can you can fill a whole round of songs um that everybody's heard and that's yeah that's it's pretty, pretty cool, cool it's pretty cool and just and then lucky enough still keep getting cut so yeah playing new songs that are coming out, you know, like, and I mean, it never gets old, you know, like I, I've got a song coming out soon. That's, you know, high Valley did on their record and they just put Alison Krause's voice on. Mm. So, I mean, just like little things like that, just uh, like, you know, gifts that, you know, for a guy that loves to write songs cause he loves great, great singers singing his melodies or you know what I mean? Like yeah. things like that are the magic moments that make you keep doing it. That's so special, you know? And again, I go back to, you know, it, that's, that's why you're so successful because you don't do it because it's a job, even though that is your job. You, yeah. you are, your job is you're paid to write songs, but you do it because there's nothing else that you can imagine yourself doing. It's pretty crazy. Like I, I did a Jeffrey Steele boot camp back in mm, like 2008, yeah. and I think what I learned from that was, you know, everyone comes to town and they're thinking just about writing one song, and he just instilled it in me that you know it's not about one song. It's about like, you know, loving writing songs and like, you know, you're celebrating songs here, but you're trying to write the next song that changes your life again um so i mean it's almost like a drug just like the buzz of that and and you know 
and then usually the cuts and and money will happen i guess like if you're enjoying it and doing it with all your heart you know it somehow works uh but yeah i never really think about the business of it obviously wanting it to succeed but um yeah i still do it for the love you know yeah and i mean i think i think one of the cool things about you too is that you uh you have the opportunity to write now with great writers, great artists. I mean, you can literally go sit in a room with an artist writing specifically for that for yeah. that album, right? But at the same time, you stay true to who you are and you're still writing all the time. And you'll write with the new guys that are just coming up that have nothing. I mean, we've written together and like, you know, yeah. like, uh, you know. And, uh, and we like, wrote a really important song like that was really necessary for you to get out and i'm thankful you came to me and brian to write such a beautiful song you know that was important you know yeah. and it you know i get to see you play it sometimes and it's like it's like you know it's well cool. it always you know really i don't cool. i don't play much anymore but it that is you know that's probably one of the songs that's you know very dear to my heart that when i do play it's usually one of the songs that i'll end up playing because yeah. um you know for everybody listening my wife and i um you know when we met we uh her dad had passed away from leukemia um yeah. you know a little a few years before i ever met so yeah i had this idea and it's an honor when i get to uh, be on stage and say, I wrote this song with Brian White and Phil Barton. Yeah. Um, you know, just, you know, both of you guys taking the time, but yeah, that was an, apart, uh, an important piece to, um, you know, be able to, um, call you with this idea that I had about the man I never knew. Yeah. And, you know, going back to like the, the, the point of, of you writing so much, it's like, you know, you're, you're writing with all these fantastic writers and you, you could have easily said, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm booked or whatever, but you just openly were like, yes, let's do it. Let's let's, and we yeah. knocked out a great song. And I mean, and, and we had a great time, like putting our whole hearts out, you yeah. know, like, I mean, you never know what day is going to be a hit song, what day is going to, you know, they're all important days. You, what day you walk into a writer's room and you're double booked yeah. and uh yeah and, yeah magic happens. I mean, definitely wasn't expecting that yeah. that day you know when me and john realized that johnny was you know our our right and you know it's beautiful yeah well man it's um i it's just been it's been so fun uh to watch the just continued success and um you know be able to call you a, a friend and um man it's just yeah. Well, I appreciate the listening room and your friendship and, you know, it's so much part of the journey of me, you know, I've, I've like lived and breathed in, in the listening room and, um, you know, it's, it's just a part of my whole journey and a place where I've met so many people that I've ended up writing with or whether it been on stage or they've being their first trip to Nashville and they've seen me play and ended up, you know, being inspired by that night or I got to write a song with them or, you know, there's so many people that have had hit songs that I remember they've come up to me and were like, one of my first nights in Nashville, I saw you play at the listening room and mm. that's, you know, it, 
it, you know, I wanted, that's what I wanted to do after I saw that, you know, and it's like, man, it's cool. We've, we've, you know, it's, we've been a part of a lot of people's journeys yeah. to Nashville. So, and I appreciate, you know, how we've been interwoven a lot on that. So man, I, I appreciate it. It's been, yeah. it's been my honor. Dude. It's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I know you've got a right to get to today. Yeah. So um, we can wrap it up. I, there's there's so many songs like, you know, I wanted to I wanted to talk about a woman like you specifically today. Yeah. But I can't wait to get back together and 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 do a couple more episodes where we can dive into to the stories behind some of the other songs. Yeah. But um, before we wrap it up, I want to end with a question I ask uh, a lot of my guests. Um, so it's kind of a two part question. Yeah. But if you were talking to that little boy in Australia that was dreaming about coming to the United States and writing songs, yeah, um, call it eight years old, 10 years old, whatever, knowing what you know now and what you've learned in this industry, what would you tell yourself at that age and or what would you tell somebody else who might be listening that is like, man, this is just what I want to do, whether it be writer or artist or, you know, anything in, in the music business, what would you tell yourself or somebody else or both? I mean, what first comes to mind, of course, is just not be scared of moving, like, and get, get there sooner and just put it out there. And there's no easy way of like putting your songs out there, but, um, we're we're all like we all high, hold them back for a bit, but uh, you know, to that guy, I would have, you know, I would have got on the plane quicker and and really got to this town faster, and because I knew it's what I wanted to do, but I always made excuses, you know, and got distracted by, you know, I love my kid stuff, but you know, I I should have got to Nashville sooner and started writing sooner and not be so protective about songs and moved on and just kept writing and, you know, got to that place where, you know, it just, it made sense. And, um, and, you know, I can't complain about my journey cause it's been beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I just wish I'd got here sooner and started rocking sooner, but we all have our time and, and journey. So just, just enjoy it along the way. I mean, that's that's the main thing. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yours is working out great, and it's going to continue to even get better. I know. I love it. it. So, yes. I love it. Yeah. Well, dude, thanks for being here. It's been a uh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for the chat, man. It's been amazing. This is Chris Blair with Chris Blair's stories behind the songs with Phil Barton, and you've just heard the story behind a woman like you. Woo! Thanks, brother. This has been an episode of Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. For more information after the show, head over to chrisblair.com. That's where you can find information on these episodes, trailer notes, video links, all kinds of great stuff. Also, make sure to leave us a great rating on iTunes. Like and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. I really hope that you think this show is awesome and we really appreciate the love and support. 
I promise to keep gathering great content and continuing to sit down with more amazing songwriters and artists as we grow. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for the support. We'll see you next time.